lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before him. Oh, 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 Make way before the King of Kings. Our God who calls the saved is here to set the captives free. And who can stop the Lord Almighty? Come on, sing it. Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before, yes it will. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Oh, 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 oh. can stop singing well who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord sing it over who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Oh, 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 Hey, let's do the bridge. Who can stop? Sing. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Lift it up, come on now. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Sing it out! Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Oh, 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 Amen. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Nobody. Nobody can. It's going to be awesome to see him in person, isn't it?
taught you guys this song last week. If you weren't here, it's easy to remember. Father, this morning we just uh, invite you into this place, God. We know that you're already here, that you're in our hearts. Each person who has surrendered their lives to you, God. Just thank you for your presence right now. The atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here Amen. Sing that to him. The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here We're going to sing that again, say the atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the lord is here the evidence is all around that the spirit of the lord is here Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love Your love surrounds us You're the reason we came To encounter your love Your love surrounds us Sing that again, come on Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love Your love surrounds us You're the reason we came To encounter your love Your love surrounds us This is our prayer, we say. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here as in heaven. That's our prayer this morning. Spirit of God fall fresh on us we need your presence your kingdom come your will be done here as in heaven Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Sing that again, say. A miracle can happen now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. 
yes it can the evidence is all around that the spirit of the lord is here amen spirit of the lord is here levi everybody you can be seated this is levi amarine if you don't know him you don't want to no i'm just kidding told him not to make jokes about me. Uh, so this is my quota for giving announcements for the year. So Mike and Ben, you can't ask me to do this anymore. Uh, today I wanted to talk to you about the uh, new website. We actually completely revamped the new website if you have yet to see. It's uh, drastically different. It's very interactive now. Things actually happen when you go to the website, like transitions and whatnot. And one of the biggest things is that the new website is a lot easier to navigate now. Like, finding information is very easy now. Whereas before, if you saw it, we put like every single bit of information that you possibly could find on the website so that you could actually like just get as much information as you wanted. And now we've kind of like dumbed that down a little bit so that it's easier to navigate. And the front page, this is the front page of the website. And at the top, you'll see all of like the relevant like main information that we're trying to convey to you and you can click on it and everything and go straight to the page and then um, if you want to go to the next one the other next the other big thing is that on the front page now there's a spot for latest sermon and so you can find the latest sermon directly on the new on the right on the front page uh, next slide go ahead there's also a spot where it shows you all the upcoming events like the mo like the it's three right the three uh, next events that will happen and if you click on view all events it takes you to the calendar and the calendar is actually totally different too in this in the sense that when you go to the calendar you have the ability to sort by different categories and whatnot and so you can like it, let's say you want to find all the small group stuff that's going on you can click on categories small groups and it'll show you all of the small groups same with like if you wanted to see everything going on for Rimrock downtown or whatever that can you can do that as well uh, go ahead and to the next slide because I don't think we have. Yeah, so the sermon series. This is the, probably the biggest thing that I wanted to make people aware of because uh, the, the number one visited spot on the on the old website was the sermon page where people went and listened to stuff. It's no longer with the little player and the list view on the side. Everything's it, it's it's completely based on series now. And so if you go there, you see all the series that are currently going on. So like Trail to the Cross, Seven Signs of the Kingdom, uh, the Rimrock Down Sound stuff, like Responding to Circumstances, like all of those different series will be on there. If you click on one, it'll show you everything that's in that series. And on the front, go back, go, yeah, go ahead and go back real quick. This is like, when you first go there, you'll see the main current se series that's going on. And so then, uh, so you'll see whatever we have currently going on, that'll be the first thing you see. But I wanted to show you guys this, so you can go to the next slide so that you don't uh, get like lost in what's going on. It's all series based. But, it, but if you go to the next slide, um, at the top there's like different options you can search, you can browse by like date and speaker and things like that. And the, there's a huge work in progress that I'm, I'm currently doing, which is uh, the search feature. And so if you wanted to search for like Psalms, you'll see everything that's ever been preached on by Psalms. Uh, well, currently I should say, the old series from like 2016 and before, you won't, that won't work for because it's not categorized correctly. Uh, but we're kind of building that so if you want to search for anger or something like that, we're trying to make a resource section so if you want to find something specific, you can find that. Uh, go ahead and go to the next page. Also, the Rimrock Downtown page is a little different now. We have like the ability to see all the different things that are happening on Rimrock Downtown as well as viewing the specific series sermons for Rimrock Downtown as well. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide because I don't know what it is. Uh, next slide. Okay, so that's it. Alright, so the other thing I wanted to say, if, if you look in the bulletin today, there is a sheet in there, a white sheet that is uh, specifically for the new app that we have. Uh, you can follow along with that. It's pretty simple. You should have got an email a couple weeks ago about the new app and uh, creating an account that you can use through the new app. The new app's very different now. It's uh, It looks totally different than the old one, but it still has a lot of the same information, such as the directory, the calendar. Um, you can still contact people through there. 
uh, but then there's also a new way to give through the app. So if you like giving through the church online, there's a whole new giving system that you have to go through as well. But through the app, you can give now. And then another thing for parents that's a pretty big thing is that let's say you guys are running late to church and you have, you know, husband and wife driving. Whoever's not driving, you can actually check your kid in ahead of time through the app doing mobile check-in. And you can select what printer you want it to print to and stuff. And then just select go through the steps it's pretty easy and then when you come to church once you get in range it'll print it for you and so then you can just go grab it and then slap it on your kids and go so if you're running late it's kind of a nice little feature uh, to, to work with and then the other big thing is that and I'm supposed to say this um, if you we have I'm not supposed to say this, but it's a cool thing. Uh, we're, we want to redo kind of like the picture directory, and there's a couple people in there who have pictures already, but it's really easy now. If you have the app, you can just snap a selfie of yourself, and it'll update on your profile, and then the pastors will know who you are. So um, it's, it's, everything's different. Everything's more efficient and easier to navigate. The app's different. But I just wanted to let you guys know about that today. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoy what we've done. And uh, let me just go ahead and pray for. You want to pray for service? You want me to pray for service? All right. God, we just uh, come come to you this morning, and we just pray that you would fill this place with your Spirit, and that you would speak through the message, and that you will just impact all of the people who need to hear that message, and that your will would be done uh, through our lives through this week. Hey, let's give Levi a hand because. You know, if you were waiting for me to update your website, you would be in huge trouble. I should say, too, if you have any questions or you need any help, uh, just go ahead and email me. It's, it's my email's on the website, uh, or you can t text me or whatever. Uh, but I just if you, if you have any questions, I'm here to help. So. All right. Thanks, Levi. <laughs> Let's sing this together, say I was lost I was in chains, the world had a hold of me. My heart was a stone, I was covered in shame when he came for me. Amen. And then I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his arms. Jesus, he loves me, he loves me, he is for me. Jesus, how can it be? He loves me, he is for me. It was a fire and deep in my soul. I'll never be the same man. I stepped out of the dark and into the light. When he called my name, yes, I did. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence. I couldn't run couldn't run from his arms jesus he loves me he loves me he is for me jesus how can it be he loves me he is for me he holds the stars and he holds my heart with healing hands that bear the scars the rugged cross where he died for me my only hope 
my everything. Let's sing this truth to him. Say, Jesus, he loves me. He loves me. He is for. Do you know that this morning? Come on, Jesus, how can it be? He loves me. He is for me, Jesus. He loves me. He loves me. He is for me, Jesus. How can it be? He loves me. He is for me. Amen. I've said this many times. If we really believed that, our lives would change. We tend to judge ourselves by, based on our flawed performance and not through the eyes of God. Let's sing this just with the little piano in our voices. Sing, Jesus he loves me, he loves me, he is for me. Jesus, how can it be? He loves me, he is for me. Hallelujah. He is holding on, and there's no space that His love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. That's right. He took me with your arms spread wide. Took me like an orphan child. You'll never let go, never leave my side. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I'm holding on. I am. That's what the Lord says this morning. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you in the middle of the storm i'm holding on i am all right come on a love like this oh my god to find i am overwhelmed with the joy divine love like this sets our hearts on fire yes it does i am holding on to you I am holding on to you in the middle of the storm. I'm holding on. I am. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you in the middle of the storm. I'm holding on. I am. This is my resurrection song. This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's you I run. That's right. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Come on, lift it up. I am holding on to you i am holding on to you in the middle of the storm i'm holding on i am i am holding on to you i am holding on to you in the middle of the storm i'm holding on i am Hey, look around and say hello to somebody this morning.
This is my resurrection song. This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's you I run. Amen. Come on. There's no space that His love can reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Say it. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I'm holding on. I am. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I'm holding on. I am. Amen. Jesus, we thank you so much for that truth that you are holding on to us, God. If it was up to us, our, our grip would slip, God. But you say that you hold us in the palm of your hands. And not only that, but that you've carved our names into the palms of your hands, God. Thank you for that. Thank you for Brother Ben, just for bringing he and Jill and the kids here. And God, just speak through him now. Listen through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. We'll see if this microphone works. All right. You guys doing well? Is God good today? Yeah. Is he good? Yeah. He is good. He is so, so good. Wow. It is so wonderful to worship, sing, share, open God's word together. And uh, something that um, this week the elders and I met with the other pastors and something we talked about is prayer. How prayer is so vital to who we are as God's children and so this morning just so you're aware after the service there's going to be elders up here kind of on the left and right available to pray with you up when Paul was writing to the letter to Timothy he said first of all on all occasions I want prayer to be lifted up for everyone and so what Paul was teaching Timothy as a young pastor as a young elder is that prayer was vital central to our spiritual life both uh, individually but as a body of Christ and then in James it says if you're sick if you're burdened if you're struggling go to the elders and allow them to pray for you and God will work he will heal and I've seen this God uses the prayers of his people to bring blessing to bring healing and so this morning whatever you're facing maybe a struggle it may be a joy but you want to pray the elders are going to be available after after the sermon so or the message so prayer as we go on this trail to the cross Jesus prays in John 17 and this morning we're going to be in John 18 but I want to look at the context in the final hours the final days as Jesus is headed to the cross he's taking his disciples on a journey and he's taking us on this journey and we as God's people are in God's prayers. Have you ever stopped to think about Jesus praying for you right now, this morning? <laughs> it's astounding to think that Jesus, the creator of the universe, is concerned for you this morning. He's praying. And in John 17, it's recorded that Jesus prayed. And, and we often talk about the Lord's Prayer being at the in the Sermon on the Mount, but that's actually the model prayer, that's the teaching prayer, but John 17 is the actual prayer of Jesus as he's headed to the cross. And, and he says, for you granted him authority, you gave Jesus authority, he's praying to his Father, over all people, that he might give eternal life to all that you have given him. And so what is eternal life? This is eternal life, that they may know the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so God's prayer for us is that what? We would know God, that we would have eternal life. That is his passion for us. The reason he went to the cross is he wants us to know eternal life, to know God. And I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have given me. And so as Jesus prayed with his Father, he was preparing for his work. And what is his work? It's the cross. The cross. 
And then he prays for his disciples. He says, protect them, protect them. He prays for his disciples, and then he prays for us in John 17. And, and in the Bible, we're told that God and Jesus, Jesus is interceding for us right now, and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us because there's a battle, because Jesus says, protect them, and he says, I haven't lost one except one of them, except one of them. And so this morning in John 18, um, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to read it because it's a little longer. We're going to see a story that is taking place, a drama that is taking place as Jesus heads to the cross. And there's two characters that are prominent in this story, Judas and Peter. Bill, a few weeks ago, introduced the washing of the disciples' feet. And in that account, Jesus refers to Judas maybe two, three times. And throughout this story of Jesus going to the cross, there's this ongoing story drama of Judas. And then parallel with that, there's a story of Peter. And so this morning, it's going to be a little different because we're going to look at these two men and their interactions with Jesus and how they responded. And so um, you, you can follow in your Bible. It'll be on the screen, John 18. And I'm going to skip a few verses here and there, but most, we're going to read most of the chapter uh, of 18. And when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas, or Jesus had often met there. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going on, to, that was all going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Wow. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he and you are looking for me. Then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of them that you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Isn't it cool that it includes his name? <laughs> Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and his Jew Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Ananias, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and the other disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back and spoke to the servant girl on duty when Peter was brought in. And I believe that was John, who was the other disciple. You aren't one of this man's disciples, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold. And the servants and officials stood around the fire they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. And I'm going to skip down to verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself, so they asked him, Aren't you one of his disciples too, aren't you? And he denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man who was, whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, the crock began to crow. So there's a drama taking place. And here this morning, as we've read 18 of John's gospel, we see the inevitable, terrible thing that Jesus had predicted happening. Jesus had told his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. <laughs> and terrible things are going to happen. But the disciples, I, I, I don't think they really... Uh, fully believed it. I, I, I think they, they thought in some way Jesus is going to do one of his miracles and we're going to escape the tragedy that Jesus says is going to happen. But now in verse 18, Jesus' words are coming true. Jesus said, I must die. I must suffer. And 
Bill made a point a few weeks ago that I want to emphasize that it's so important. Jesus knew this was going to happen. Look with me in verse 4 through 6 of chapter 18. Jesus knowing all that was going to happen to him. So this was not a surprise. Jesus wasn't shocked by this. Jesus was preparing for this. He knew this was taking place. Jesus was willingly giving himself away. In John chapter 10, verse 14, 18, um, John has seven statements where Jesus says, I am. We just sang, I am. And if you notice that I am was a reference to God. I am God holding on to us. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And listen to this. This is key. I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, Jesus was arrested, and as this, as this trail to the cross is proceeding, Jesus is willingly giving himself away. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Remember Jesus' prayer to the Father? I pray that they may know God, that they may know eternal life. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, authority to take it up again. The command I receive is from my father. You see, Jesus is the word of God. He is the living word of God. He is God himself. He has authority to take life and to give life. Jesus, as the good shepherd, his desire is to give life. And so he is laying his life down so that we can experience the life of God. Let's not miss that, that Jesus knows what is going on. So these two characters, Judas, we're going to look at Judas first, and then we're going to look at Peter. But Judas, uh, one of the 12 disciples called by Jesus to follow him, and, Je and just like the other disciples, Judas probably left much behind to follow Jesus. But something began to happen in Judas's heart. And we're given not a lot, but a few clues along the way. If you think back to some of those accounts where Jesus uh, had encounters with Judas and his other disciples, there's a few things that stand out. One was a story that actually John tells earlier in the gospel where uh, Jesus is at Mary and Martha's house and, and, and uh, a, a woman brings in the alabaster jar. You remember that story? And she breaks it and it's full of perfume and begins to wash Jesus' feet with the perfume. It was an act of love and of passion and worship to Jesus as the Son of God. But in that story, there's a, a little caveat because Judas asks a question. He says, couldn't that money have been spent better? You know, he, he saw the, the, the expensive perfume poured out and he said, wait a minute, there could have been a better use. And, and, and there's a little note John makes is that Judas was the keeper of the purse. <laughs> he held the money. He, as Jesus and his disciples got donations, Judas held the money. And, and so he distributed that and helped cover the expenses. But we get a glimpse into Judas's heart at that moment. He saw this outpouring of love, of extravagant generosity on part of this woman, and, and he questioned it. And we begin to see that maybe Judas's heart began to drift away from Jesus. In a sense of maybe even a shame there that, that someone could do something so extravagant for Jesus. Was he really worthy of that kind of worship? And so we're given a glimpse there. Later, we're told that Judas betrayed Jesus for the sum of 30 silver coins. And so again, we're, we're given a glimpse into Judas's heart as, as he began to follow Jesus, uh, uh, a competing love began to, to stir his desires. <laughs> he, he maybe, like the other disciples, had heard Jesus saying, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. And maybe he began to think, 
was it really worth following Jesus? Did I really make the right bet here? Like, was this going to all turn out, or am I wasting my life? And so, as he began to ask those questions, and as we're given these little glimpses, we see a drift, a slow drift in Judas's life. Now, before we get too hard on Judas, can't we relate? I can. How easy it is for my heart to be drawn after other things. I know Jesus is God and he's beautiful and wonderful and worthy of my worship and my life, but oh, how, how seductive sometimes the calls of other things are on my own heart. As the old hymn says, oh, how my heart is prone to wander. Don't you, we relate to that, that our hearts slowly begin to wander and, and, and the devil's temptations are so tricky because it seems so good. <laughs> uh, things of this world seem so good. There's nothing wrong with money and possessions and positions and all those things have blessing but, but oh how our hearts begin to long and desire those things and pretty soon they begin to take a place in our hearts that replace God. This is one of the fundamental problems that the scripture addresses is this thing of idolatry where, where instead of worshiping God, where God says, worship me alone, we begin to worship other things and it begins as a gentle hug, right? It feels good, it seems good, but then that hug turns into a death grip in our hearts and our lives and that's the process we begin to see in Judas's life and hang with me on this is Jesus is washing the disciples feet think about this did he wash all of his disciples feet and as he passed the cup around the table did all of the disciples dip that bread into the cup did all of the disciples drink from that cup did Judas drink of the cup did Judas have his feet washed by Jesus. Think about that. So even as Judas's heart began to distance himself from Jesus, even as, he, as those doubts began to creep in, what was Jesus doing? <laughs> what was Jesus doing with Judas? Was he, was he pushing Judas aside and saying, um, I know what he's going to do and, and, and I'm not going to wash his feet and I'm going to keep him different. Did any of the disciples notice anything different about Judas? They had no idea. Jesus didn't treat him differently. Jesus loved Judas and he pursued Judas to the very end. What does that say about Jesus? <laughs> knowing who his betrayer was, knowing who his enemy was, he washed his he loved him to the very end. He pursued him to the very end. But here's the question we all have to grapple with. And we're going to see ourselves both in Judas and in Peter. I see myself in both. How did Judas respond? How did Judas respond to God's love? Did he accept it? Did he receive it? We're told that's not the case. Judas, we are told, had despair and emptiness and so after as Jesus is headed to the cross and and Judas sees everything that's unfolding we're told that he ends up taking his own life he takes his own life there's despair there's emptiness there's brokenness we see in our culture despair anxiety I was just reading this morning and preparing for to share with you that the suicide rate in America is higher than it's been the last 50 years, and it's climbing. There's despair. There's emptiness. So many people do not know or have not received the love that's available to them. How will we respond? Will we receive the love of Jesus? Will we receive the grace of Jesus? I'm going to invite Tom to come up. He's going to share a song with us this morning, but... I have a quote here from C.S. Lewis that's very insightful. He says, look for yourself and you will find the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. 
You see, apart from Christ, we have nothing. Remember John 15? The branch that is not connected to the vine will, bear not, will not bear fruit. It will wither. But here, look at what C.S. Lewis says. But look for Christ, and you will find him. And with him, everything else thrown in. The first time that I saw him, I thought, here's my ticket out. The people all adored him. Hey, that's what I'm about. I pretended I was like them, that I hung on every word. And they let me keep the money, whoops, those trusting little turds. And I could almost taste it, the power and the fame, until I saw it clearly that his goals just weren't the same. Well, give me 30 pieces. Give me 30 pieces. Well, give me 30 pieces and I'll burn this whole thing down. Give me 30 pieces and I'll show them those clowns. Yeah, yeah, give me 30 pieces. Hey, who's got now power now? And I will show those Pharisees that I know the place, the hour. So give me 30 pieces. Give me 30 pieces. The last straw, it was broken when a woman came that night. She bought expensive perfume, hey, a precious gift, all right. But she poured it all out on him, mixed it with her tears and hair. And he seemed truly happy to see her crying there. But when I called it foolish, wasteful and unwise, he scolded me just like a child with anger in his eyes. Give me 30 pieces. Give me 30 pieces. Hey, hey, give me 30 pieces and I'll burn this whole thing down. Give me 30 pieces and I'll show them those clowns. Give me 30 pieces. Hey, who's got power now? And I'll show those Pharisees that I know the place, the hour. So give me 30 pieces. Give me 30 pieces. Give me 30 pieces. And I'll give him a kiss. So before we give Judas a bad rap, let's look at Peter. Is, is Peter any better? Are we any better? The question today isn't who's better. The question is, how will we respond to Jesus? How will we respond to Jesus? Look at Peter, who also denied Christ. Judas denied Christ. Peter denies Christ. Peter, as he is um, hearing about the cross, is, is pretty valiant because Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm going to die. And, and Peter says, no, you're not. I'm going to die for you, and I'm going to fight defending you. <laughs> so don't you love Peter's heart? I mean, he, he, he's all in. He wants, he, wants to, uh, he wants to do it all for Jesus, right? And, and so he says, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go all the way with you, Jesus. And so we see that, and then what does Jesus respond to Peter? He says, I'm sorry, Peter, but you're just not going to be able to do it. <laughs> you know, he, he gets a little reality check there. Um, and I think what this is, it's a sign of Peter trying to serve God in his own strength. And that's very dangerous. That's dangerous for all of us. When we begin to think, hey, I have something, and I'm going to be able to do something great for God. <laughs> that's dangerous. And Peter is a great example of that. And we see in chapter 18, as, as Peter is and, and, and watching Jesus arrested, what does Peter do? 
he fights, right? And he gets a sword. Now, I'm not a swordsman, but think about this. He's, he's not very good, is he? <laughs> he's trying to lob the guy's head off, and he only gets an ear. <laughs> you know, you think about it. If, if you're an athlete and you're trying to hit a baseball, you know, you, you want to be able to hit it. Well, Peter, he misses, and he gets the guy's ear. And so his best attempt at fighting for Jesus fails, falls flat, right? And so all he gets is an ear, and Jesus corrects him and heals, and I love that he tells us the name of the man who lost his ear, and he restores his ear. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus, you see his love even in this moment, but here is Peter attempting to fight in his own strength. Now, think back to John 15, abiding with Christ. How do we bear fruit? Remaining in Jesus. Is that where Peter's at? Absolutely not. He is fighting in his own strength. Is he producing fruit? Not at all. He's failing. And then we see him in the courtyard, and it's dark, and there's a fire, and so this is all imagery showing the darkness. And then we have Peter being questioned by a servant girl, a little girl, and yet Peter is denying Christ. There's fear there's anxiety. Peter is struggling, and we see that. And we see in him his heart struggling to know if he is going to remain in Christ, if he's going to abide in Christ in this moment. Now, again, just like with Judas, before we say, Peter, what were you doing? What were you thinking? How many times, if we look at our own hearts, how many times have we tried to serve God in our own strength? How many times have we not received His grace and what God could provide for us and we've tried to do it on our own? How many times have we knowingly sinned, just like Peter, knowing that Jesus was the Word of God, knowing all that God had in Christ and yet choosing to say no to Jesus? How many times have we said no to Jesus? I know I have. I look back on my own life and there's so many times that I've denied Christ, so many times that I've failed and I've sinned and I've done wrong, even though I know it was right. Paul says, oh, what a wretched man I am. I can relate. I feel that. How many times have we begun to avoid and distance us ourselves from God? It says that Peter wept bitterly as he went into the dark, into the, the night. And then what does Peter do? He goes fishing, right? At the end of the chapter, at the end of the book of John, we're told that Peter goes out fishing. How many times do we avoid God and we distract ourselves with other things? Right? How many of us go and we just fill our lives with other things because it's too painful when we look back at our sin, we look back at our failings, and we just say, God doesn't love me. How many times do we distract ourselves? We can relate. But here is the beautiful thing here. With both Judas and Peter, Jesus loved them both. And he loves you, and he loves me. God said that he did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. Remember his prayer that, that we might know God, that we might have eternal life. God didn't come so that we would drown in despair or hopelessness, but he came that we might have hope, that we might have life, that we might have everything we need to live. But it's only found in Christ. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own effort. We will fail. We will fall. But Jesus is there to lift us up, to give us life. What is Revelation chapter 3 say to the church and again this is not to the world this is to us the people of God he says behold I am standing at the door knocking if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with them and they with me do you hear that Jesus is standing at the door he is pursuing you he's pursuing me all he wants for us to do is open the door <laughs> to receive him, to receive his love, to receive his grace. And this is the great human dilemma. Will we believe, will we receive God or will we reject him? 
In our pride, will we choose to spare in our own way, or will we humble ourselves and receive God's grace? That is the question for all of us, and it's a weighty question. It is so weighty that Jesus goes to the cross. It's a scandal. The cross is an irreligious scandal because on the cross we see hatred, we see violence, we see ugliness, we see nakedness, we see utter brokenness as Jesus' blood and bodily fluids flowed out. There is nothing lovely about the cross. It is ugly. It is wretched. But the cross is a symbol of our true condition. Our true condition of sin is ugly. Now, we look at Judas and Peter and we see the ugliness of the moment. We see their good intentions ended up in total brokenness, in total betrayal, total denial. It's ugly. It's shameful. It's guilty. And that's why the cross is needed, because that's our condition as human beings. We are utterly selfish and broken in our sin. And we needed God to rescue us. We needed someone to step in greater than ourselves. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. We could never endure the cross, but Jesus could because he is the son of God. He is the word of God and he gave his life away. It says, I am the good shepherd and I give my life away. He gave it away for us. And so he makes a way so that we can be rescued, so we can experience grace and forgiveness. And how do we see that? as Jesus pursues Peter later on. Because Peter's heart, though it was broken, he was open to receive Jesus. He was open. He was willing to open the door, and as he was fishing, he heard a voice. Remember what it said in Revelation? Whoever hears my voice, Jesus was calling on the side of the lake. He is resurrected from the grave, and he called out. He said, he said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And it says that Peter recognized Jesus. And what does Peter do? He jumps out of the boat. He couldn't even wait. He rushed to the shore. Peter repented. He repented of his sin and he received Jesus. And it says that they ate together on the side of the lake. They ate fish and they ate bread. And the question for us today is will we like Peter respond to Jesus? Will we receive his grace? Will we repent of our sin? Because just a few weeks later in Jerusalem and the temple, Peter is standing in front of a crowd. <laughs> this is the, the same man who was, who was totally broken, totally afraid, totally unwilling to stand up for Jesus. And now he's standing at the temple and he's declaring that Jesus is the Word of God, that He is the Son of God, and that Jesus was crucified, and that He was resurrected, and that Jesus can bring life to this world. And so Peter stood up, and he stood up with boldness and power, and he proclaimed Christ. What happened? Peter repented, and what did he tell the people? He said, repent, repent, open your heart, change your ways, instead of the foolishness of thinking that somehow you can solve this, fix this, or go into despair like Judas. Repent. Change your heart. Open your heart. Receive the love of God. And what happened? It says thousands believed. <laughs> thousands believed. And you know what? Today, this message is being preached around the world. This morning, there are pastors and preachers on every corner of this globe globe proclaiming Jesus as the Lord of all, as the one who was crucified and now resurrected and soon coming again, and people are being pierced in their hearts, and they are repenting of their sin and their selfishness and their pride, and they are choosing Christ. Today is the day of salvation. And so the question for us right now is, will we receive Jesus? Would you pray with me as we close? Lord Jesus, thank you for your voice. Help us to hear this morning. Lord, we recognize that we are utterly guilty, that we have denied you, that we have been afraid, that we have chosen selfish, lesser gods, 
And Lord, we confess those things and we repent of them. We say, no more. In Jesus, we need you. You are life. And there's not life anywhere else. Fill us today, I pray. Amen. Father of heaven and earth, I call to you like deep calls to deep over water. Show me your endless measure of grace. Let tender mercy shine once again from your holy face. Deep in my soul there's a craving to please the one who has made me, oh God. Though I have fallen so far, you know that I'm still a man after your own heart. And I am driven by rivers of pride. You are my refuge, the maker and keeper of my life. Lead me by your still waters again. Use me in spite of the prodigal child that you know I am just as the deer runs to water so does my soul to you Father oh God though I have wandered so far you know that I'm still a man after your own heart. And just as the deer runs to water, so does my soul to you, Father. Oh, God. Though I have fallen so far, you know that I'm still a man after your own heart. I'm still a man after your own heart. So that song is what we're doing uh, on Easter Sunday morning. We're doing what we had done at Great Friday for the last three years, having different dramatic parts. And Judas will be there talking about his perspective, and uh, Peter will be there. And uh, so those songs are two of the songs we'll be doing. But I was thinking about this as I came up here. And uh, remember that the elders are going to come up. And if there's anybody that wants to pray, I was thinking we should stand and sing, Jesus, he loves me. Mike, could you bring that up, just the chorus, to say, Jesus, he loves me, he loves me, he is for me, Jesus, how can it be? 
He loves me. He is for us. Sing it one more time. Jesus, He loves me. He loves me. He is for me. Jesus, how can it be? He loves me. He is for me. So if you'd like somebody to pray with you, just kind of come up to the front here. Don't be afraid or embarrassed. We'd love to pray with you, okay?